And that's why we need a new Smash Mouth. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. They're they're done. They're, the guy from Smash Mouth is retiring so that we need a new Smash Mouth. I mean, this word need. Hey, <laughs> someone's got to play the Shrek songs. I hear you. I do hear you about that. Uh, I have always covered... Um, I'm a believer, and I've I've done it with the dun, 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 oh, yeah, every time. So I'm, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I maybe I'm the new Smash Mouth. I you know I we we have just as good a chance as anybody. You know, I'm not sure that's true, but um, nonetheless, it's uh, we could be it. Who knows? Uh, Smash Mouth auditions, notwithstanding, how how's your week gone? My week's been good. My week's been good. Um, did the first. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna be out of town at a work conference thing next week. And so, um, I'm not be doing the podcast first of all, but I'll also not be doing the true, the, the trivia thing that I normally do. And because yeah. they kind of come in pairs, I, I do it. I do the same theme at one location and then the other of the same company. Um, we decided this week, the loner, the left out singleton, um, we were going to do instead of trivia, we're going to do the karaoke. And, okay. uh, so we did that last night and a bunch of my regulars came out and some of my non-regulars and, uh, some people that I just talked about it with at the last trivia show. Uh, and it was fun. It was really, really fun. And, um, did, um, uh, inside my app, it keeps count of these things. I did 35 songs, um, in two hours that were by mm -hmm. request and, uh, had a good time. And, and, and the plan was if turnout was good and it was a good night, we were going to, we're going to alternate between the trivia and the karaoke they're in Greensboro and maybe also do it in, in Lexington too. So, um, so it's good. Okay. It's the, the karaoke is a very, um, much, uh, lighter prep kind of thing than the trivia. Yeah. And so I, I'd look forward to spend a little less time grinding out, you know, nineties chick songs or something. Yeah. You know, you got to dig into that theme. So, yeah. so heavily yeah. to, you know, yeah, exactly. Make it, make it happen. Exactly. Yep. So it was fun. It was fun. How about you? Cool. What'd you do? Um, well, I went on vacation. Yes. And it was awesome. We took the uh, the kids up to Boston and spent a day or so there. And then uh, got we rented a car. I drove through like Boston traffic. All right. Uh, and then we drove up to um, we drove up to Maine, stopped in Salem on the way to and from because we went on a Sunday and it was absolute bedlam in Salem because it's Halloween season ah. and uh, people were there and wanting to do stuff and there was very little that we could do uh, given the, you know, just the sheer volume of humanity. Right. So uh, we ended up going back on our way back into Boston and were able to do the things that we weren't uh, able to do before. Very good. And then uh, Maine is amazing. We spent two days in Portland and went around kind of that immediate area, did the whole like lighthouse tours and, nice. you know, got out in nature. The weather was incredible. <laughs> I was so mad when we got off the plane in Atlanta. It was <laughs> so sticky yeah. and I was just furious. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But other than that, we've got a, we got a show uh, this Saturday and a show next Saturday. Uh and then we also confirmed some uh, one for November and already talking about some stuff in December. So feeling pretty good about that. We did have, I did have an interesting situation arise uh, about the event that's going on on Saturday. This is a weird gig for a, a couple of reasons. Um, the first one being is that it is at 
an LDS church, which is a Mormon church. Yeah. Uh, never done one of those before. But uh, we did do a, another church event a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, maybe we're just kind of in that lane right now. Uh, but needless to say, uh, LDS uh, parishioners do not uh, imbibe alcohol. Mm. And so there won't be any. And uh, there were some uh, requests around what we could and couldn't perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got a little interesting because I got a, an email from the client, the, the buyer, uh, today asking us to make more changes. Mm-hmm. And what what uh, um, what kind of changes are they making? Um they were less interested in some of the kind of more rock tunes uh and because they're older uh wanted slow songs, uh-huh. which is like really not something we normally ever do because people don't want them. <laughs> but uh these were specifically requested and you know with this particular gig they they only wanted 90 minutes okay uh so we had some margin to kind of shuffle some things around yeah uh so we were we were willing to make some compromises uh for that client just based on the criteria but when they at they so i provided this song list which i don't normally do uh i was given feedback that they wanted to change i talked with our our sound our i'm sorry music director and we kind of came to an agreement on what we could and couldn't do. And then I replied back to the client and said, we are taking these three songs that you requested out. We're putting these three songs in. See you Saturday. Not if you if you have any other questions yeah, or concerns, please right. let me know. It was like, this is over. what we are willing to do. Yeah. And this is how it is happening. Right. I will see you on Saturday. Right. So and what did they what did they take out? Just out of curiosity. Um, they did not want to hear Sledgehammer. They didn't want to hear Pour Some Sugar on Me. And there was one other one, and I can't for the life of me think about it. I will look this up right now because it is in a text ch- exchange that we were in. Uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth, which I thought was also weird. <laughs> that is for, listen, I don't know if you know this. I grew up in Utah. Yeah. And a lot of my extended family is Mormon. I will say Heaven is a Place on Earth is a very strange song for a Mormon to not want to hear. Just given their, true. you know, their, their theology, but, but whatever, you know, they're yeah, fine. You right? know, so. Yeah. And, and they wanted us. So we added Uptown Funk time after time in every breath you take. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Makes sense. I, I like all of those songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't, we as a band have never done every breath you take. I do it in my solo acoustic shows. But yeah, we've never done that. We're also adding uh, "Just Like Heaven," uh, the the Cure song, yeah, which we've we've never done. I've done it in in other bands. All right, so I've got to work on that. Yeah, um, and yeah, you know, we we cut some of the spoopier Halloween songs. We're right. not doing "Dead Man's Party." Uh, not gonna yeah, play. Well, that's interesting right. compromises. Yeah, next well, week we are we're doing a full blown holiday like a like a neighborhood party that we've done three or four times before, and uh, it's it's anything goes. Cool, that's good. That's good. You know, I, I, um, I guess your, 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 your standards have to flex a little bit when it's religious differences, right? You have to. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I have certain feelings about that whole situation, but this is me, uh, in my doing my capitalist best there you go. to, uh, accept everybody's, uh, money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> their, yeah. their checks should cash just as well as everybody yeah, else's. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as long as they don't, as long as it doesn't get like 
morally disagreeable, like in the moment, I, I should be able to yeah, you know, behave be myself. It'll be fine. So yeah, that is, uh, that's all the business stuff. Um, I have one thing that did happened finish here in my market that didn't impact me, my own business, but, um, it's interesting. Um, there is a quite large local organization. It's, uh, it's a, the science center. Actually, it's like a, like a children's science yeah, yeah. thing. And they do a Christmas party every year. Uh, big event, big, uh, fundraiser thing really, really for what they right. are. Um, and this year they posted to socials a couple weeks ago, Hey, local musicians, here's a volunteering opportunity. Mm. Yeah. We'd like to, like, we give you the opportunity to come share your music in our holiday party. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, How'd that and go over? yeah, for you, and you'll get, um, free admission Ooh. and half off one item in the gift shop. No. <laughs> yeah. They actually said that. And, um, yeah, they, it did not go well. In fact, um, the editor, the, the arts entertainment editor of the local, um, uh, weekly events paper mm -hmm. fully put them on blast in Facebook, like, full, like laid them right out. And they posted like, Okay, got it. That was fully tone deaf. We're, we're rethinking the whole thing. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So I, I believe what the what the kids would call is that they got dragged. They got dragged. That is accurate. Um, but you know, so it's not it's not it's not just the it's not just the bar in the corner trying to trying to you know work you for exposure book exposure bucks, right? It's in this case like a very large local enterprise that. And you. I remember there was a discussion on one of the one of the the groups, you know, a while back where I, I think it was one of those things where like the conversation got wrapped around the, the axle of the details. It had nothing to do with what was actually happening, yeah. uh, which was that we were I think the, the context we were playing a fundraiser and they were like, you charged for a fundraiser. And I was like, well, yeah, because we still have to that's not what this is about right. but like there was this whole pile on about charging for a fundraiser i was like uh did the caterers work for free right. did the valets work for free right because they didn't right uh, every event has a budget and entertainment is a part of that budget yep so you always ask you know you you can take it you can take it for at a discounted rate or you can you know choose to do like a, a a much lower fee and donate the portion that you would have gotten as a charitable donation, you know, and do whatever tax finagling you want to with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that you know things cost money and you cost money, yeah. so you should ask for money. That's right, and to to get money, and that's that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd be interesting to hear how that uh, how that event actually yeah. goes or, over. Or but keeping I, an eye I think on it. it, it'll be interesting. That it's funny the way that you started that that could have gone so many different ways because you're like the local science organization I was like here we go, yeah. but it ended up being about something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Good well, stuff. so it works out that we've now talked about religion and science and how both of them are interesting. All to right. Work with. So now let's get into politics. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now the uh, the only other housekeeping stuff that we got is that we had a bunch of uh we we got some some new folks in uh in in the patreon feed yeah uh i think three of them since last since last episode 
uh, I think maybe a part of that was that we posted the uh, the the bonus episode uh, this week with Ben that was on the Patreon uh, the uh, the Patreon feed from last week, and then I've got a couple of other uh, things in the pipeline for that coming up. Um, one of them being an interview that I did for another podcast. I think we'll just go ahead and put it up on the Patreon. Uh, I, it, it's a little too, it may be a little too meandery for, <laughs> for mainstream consu- consumption, but there's some good stuff in there. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, we got a video coming out, uh, tomorrow on the YouTube channel that, uh, I feel pretty good about talking about, uh, it, it's a topic we, I've written about and it's a, it's a, I've made a video about it when I first started doing the YouTube thing kind of seriously. Uh, but I feel like I was able to get my, uh, kind of get the story more dialed in and I feel like it flows a lot better. So yeah, I figured I'd give it another shot. It's fun. So, yeah. And you've made a very, yeah, look uh, for- an excellent clickbaity title card. So, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. They, the, the, the patrons are very helpful in helping decide <laughs> which cringy thumbnail yeah. to, uh, I I'm, I'm going to use. So yeah. be on the lookout for that yeah. on all of our socials tomorrow. So I think that covers all of the business housekeeping, yeah. house cleaning things. So I wanted to get into the meat of this week's conversation, which is kind of more of a continuation on the past handful of episodes. Uh, and I felt like there was a particular portion of the conversations that we were kind of glossing over and didn't really give enough uh, attention to. And so I just wanted to kind of like circle back and do uh, just do a specific episode on this particular set of items. So I guess the the main thrust of this conversation or this episode is going to be band deliverables, uh, what they are, what they should look like, and why you should need them. The reason why I, I opted to do this is that after listening to the episode that you and I did about sound checks, mm-hmm. and then listening to the episode that Ben did in uh, kind of in tandem with that conversation, there were a few things that like we were just like, and you need an input list, and you need a stage plot. And it's like, well, we really haven't really talked about what those things actually are. Right. And there's a there's a few of those kinds of things in in our world that you know every band needs, but may most bands may not understand what they're for totally. or how to make them specifically. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Uh the first one I wanted to talk about is just because of the the immediacy of it. Uh is an input list. So, Dan, what is an input list? Well, I think it's useful to think in terms of so the the picture here is you're rolling into a venue that has yep. sound and a sound guy. And it's not your sound guy. He's the house's guy. And he's never met you. He's never heard you. He doesn't know what you do. Um, he probably doesn't like you. <laughs> I mean, if he's a professional, that's irrelevant. But the point is, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's not, he comes with no background on you at, at the very, this is the best thing we could say. Yeah. And so um, how do you set him up to win? His job is to make you sound great without having any, foreknowledge of your anything. How do you set him up to win? Well, one way you do that is you tell him every input into his system you're going to be providing. And those inputs include the name of the person, what instrument they are, possibly if it's a drummer, like, and there are like 
four or five mics on their kit, like what each of those mics are. If there's anything unusual about an input, like, you know, my vocal line is going to come to you through a TC Helicon Voice Live 3. And here's what that means. You want to come into it with no effects, flat EQ, you know, start from zero and work up in terms of gain, you know, just some guidance about how to sort of how to work with what we're going to be giving you. Um, that's really helpful because then, um, uh, <laughs> I reminded of something, um, Paul can't sit on gig gap just a couple of weeks ago. Like despite delivering this to them weeks in advance, the expectation really needs to be that he's looking at it for the first time as you're strolling up to him to chat about it. Possibly yes. you're going to hand him a copy of it that he got emailed weeks ago, but he never looked at it and he's not going to have a clue what's on it until it's handed to you. So it needs to be built in a way that it can be consumed rapidly. Um, but the point is we want to be able to, we want to be able to sort of walk across the board and preset everything and have things ready to go for line check based on your written instructions rather than him having to figure it out on his feet based on what's actually coming over lines at him. And, uh, and that's going to help a lot. It's going to help, um, uh, demonstrate that you know what you're doing and you know how to be a partner with a venue. It's going to help t- uh, line check and sound check go a ton better and faster and easier. And um, that's just a generally good thing. Yeah. Anything you'd add so, to that? Uh, not really. You know, I think what it, it should be fairly concise, uh, you know, looking ours up there Ours is is tied to our stage plot. It's 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 all one single mm-hmm. document. But um, like you said, you you kind of come in and and set as much of the expectation as you possibly can, mm-hmm. in order to you know again make it as easily digestible as you possibly as as, as humanly possible. You know, if you have some so, guitarists that go direct and others that need mics on their amps, you want to include yep. that. You want to say, you know, um, we've had good success with a. I don't know, SM57, slightly off bias. I don't know how deep in depth you want to go, but but then the point is you take all that data and you lay it out graphically on a stage diagram, and what you have is a thing called a mm-hmm. stage plot. The two things work very close together. They're, they're, they, they serve the same purpose. Um, a yeah. stage plot lays it out visually, which is also very helpful. Yeah, so let's... Um, I will just go ahead and read you what our, um, what our document says. Cool. So the PA should be a minimum of four-way stereo system capable of covering all areas of the venue with an average SPL of 110 dB C-scale at the front of house. Console should be of high quality with minimum of 60 inputs, four-band parametric EQ on all input strips, and five functional monitor sends. Uh, network console with remote monitor control preferred, X32 slash M32, etc. Band travels with X32 rack with in-ear monitors of doable bands front of house can mix show from iPad using our rig while providing left, right, and sub outs for the house system. We then have our full input list, which has every single thing laid out uh, numerically. Uh, There is then a uh, kind of like a sidebar uh, of just bullet points. Five monitor mixes, uh, lead vocal one, lead vocal two, guitar, bass, drums. Band travels with wireless mic slash in-ear rack and will provide unless discussed ahead of time and then it's like four tall boom stands three short boom stands three straight stands band uses tracks which are triggered by the drummer tracks are split mono with click and track on separate outputs or multi-out via ableton live band does not use live amps so like all of that is in a a a portion of that document Uh, and i can we can kind of pull things out based on what the venue asks for because you need to have kind of multiple versions of this in order to you know make sure that everything is 
as clear as it possibly could be. Yeah. But this particular piece of those those pieces of information are on our our actual stage plot. And so the the way this the stage plot is typically arranged is that you're looking at the stage from above, uh, typically with the uh, the drummer being uh, on the top, and then your front line being you know towards the bottom or the middle of the the you know the page. Uh, and there's a bunch of ways that you can go about this. I have seen uh, I've seen very intricate diagrams with you know the the make and model of the gear being used yeah. i've seen uh pictures of the actual rigs themselves i've seen headshots the of the players plot. yeah we've seen that ours is very basic and plain it's got um it's just shapes so we've got like a general drum setup that kind of shows where the hi-hat is and where the crash and the ride and the toms are and uh there's uh microphone placement for each of those things uh with a little legend and what these little diagrams mean uh pedal board you know layouts and where power drops need to be and who in-ear monitor mixes and vocal mics and that kind of thing but it's pretty it's pretty sparse and it's it's supposed to be like you said very easy to consume quickly yeah and then at the bottom of that is where the input information and all of that stuff is right so input sheet and I'm sorry, input list and stage plot can be two separate uh, documents or they can be one uh, comprehensive document. And then there was one other thing that we have also included on ours, depending on uh, the kind of gig that we're doing, and that is a, a tech writer, which is basically those two things like very like written out in a very like thorough manner. Yeah. So that would be what I would consider the the long form input list, <laughs> yeah. the long and form stage plot. Do you do, is it your experience that people spend time with that before you get there? I mean, it, it depends on the clientele. Yeah. So if you are coming into a corporate event where there are multiple changeovers and there are, uh, you know, the, they've got a they've got a production company that is running the show. Then yes, you're going to get that, and and, and if they if, if they're worth their salt, they'll they'll follow up and ask about specific things, you know. In in our tech writer, we have a whole section about backline, which has makes and models of of things that we would need if we if if they were providing backline, but typically those things are struck out of whatever contract we got, um, and so yeah, there, each of these things again is is geared towards a different potential audience. Yeah. So you wouldn't give a tech writer to a private party client when you're providing production or, you know, that kind of thing. No, I, I just, my, my experience rolling up into a venue where the house was providing sound and I had something on paper that was supposed to be helpful is that pretty much the sound guy <laughs> looked at us and looked at the paper and went, all right, let's see. And scratched yeah. his head and thought about it and read the thing in front of me. It was still useful, right? It was documented. It was sure. all th- I didn't have to like on my feet think, oh, God, you know, we also have, it was like, it was thought out in advance, but yeah. I wouldn't say that I, it has helped any sound people that I have worked with. <laughs> Maybe that says something about the sound people I've worked with come in particularly prepared. Yeah. Um, I would say that if the, if the band is making more than the sound guy is making, then these things are probably not as useful. Yeah. That's accurate. 
I think that's just an easy way to kind of yeah. sum that up. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's, if it's a festival changeover oriented thing where the, 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 the crew sort of understands what they're up against between shows and knows that they need to make quick changes and stuff and, and anything you can give them to help them understand that. I, I kind of have faith that they, they would use that to, you know, get the job done as well as they can between sets. Yeah. Yeah. So outside of the tech component, uh, there are some other things that a a venue or a prospective client or a, you know what have you would request. Uh, and another one of those is a hospitality writer. Mm. So a hospitality writer is something that you would normally build into a contract or would be, again, a separate document that you would send um, for uh, a situation where you were playing a live event, uh, either, you know, private party or, you know, some other thing where, you know, you are being again it's it's a it's a certain tier that you would be making to kind of need a document like this yeah. but never hurts to make one they they're they're probably the most fun to make sure and this is the you can put all the, the crazy no stuff on. writer right this is the yeah, yeah so if you're ever um if you ever want to go through and have a fun read it's the smoking gun i believe is the website yeah. where they, they they show all of different uh writers i think some of my favorites are Iggy and the Stooges tech or their their hospitality writer. Actually, their full writer is amazing. Uh, the Foo Fighters one is also really good. And basically, it's just an opportunity for the tour manager to just like show his personality. <laughs> so the writing's usually kind of funny and clever, and there's lots of little inside jokes and that kind of thing. So uh, ours is not like that. It's just very much a we're a five piece band, and you know, there's a guitar player and a bass player. And, we take up this much space, you know, we need, um, we need a, uh, X number of parking spaces. We need, uh, a lockable room to get dressed in. We need X number of hot meals. Uh, if hot meals aren't something that you can provide, uh, we would request a buyout that we can order our own food from like Uber eats or whatever. It's X dollars per head, that kind of thing. So, and then it's, it's the, yeah, the brown M&Ms, the, case of beer the yeah. you know the case of bottled water that's room temperature and the case of bottled water that is you know chilled ours is pretty sparse um we do ask for hot meals for everybody that we come with um our actual hospitality rider is a case of cold water a case of room temperature water uh four red bulls two regular red bulls two sugar-free red bulls uh, a case of beer and a bottle of champagne because there was some gluten sensitivity for people who couldn't mm. drink beer that's it yeah and then like towels towels because having towels is nice because you're sweaty yeah you just take those with you so so yeah hospitality rider is um again not something that everybody needs but uh every band should have one i feel like if you if you want to have like a fun bonding activity uh after rehearsal one night you guys should all sit down together and put together your hospitality rider yeah or you should put down the hospitality writer that you know that you can get, and then the hospitality the hospitality writer you want. Your dream hospitality writer. Your your aspirational. Yeah. It's your your vision board hospitality writer. Yeah, yeah. So that would be fun. Yeah, would be good. So most of these things kind of revolve around the details of the performing that you are about to do, but there are some other uh, deliverables that don't necessarily have to do with you know, day of details and that kind of thing. Uh, w one that came to mind when we were discussing this is a one sheet. Yep. 
And uh, you've got a pretty good uh, one of those. So why don't you explain what a one sheet is? So a one sheet is, um, well, it's one sheet. That's the crucial part of it. It is one sheet and it's on Nailed it. both sides of one sheet, but it's, um, it's basically a flyer. Think of a flyer, but what's on it is marketing material. And so your very best photography of the band, your very best um, content about the band, it should not contain paragraphs of copy. It's not about that, but it should contain. Should you put a bio on your one sheet? Very, very short. Maybe one sentence. Very short. Like the the micro version of your bio. Yeah, the the, the bio being the bio of your band. Right, for sure. No, do not do individual people's bios. No one irrelevant. cares. Maybe headshots with names under them. You know, if you can do that in an artsy yeah, kind of way. That feels like a lot. Maybe, maybe. Um, I have I have got, had some success having my one sheet on one side. Because, you know, the thing to be clear about is that you have two target markets. One is the person who's going to hire you to play. And the other is the audience that's going to listen to you play. So I like to have the facing sides of the one sheet deal with those separate audiences. So one side is about how great we are and our sample set list maybe and great performance pictures if we have them, et cetera. Um, and then the facing side is like, contact info rates. If you want to do that, um, what it's like to book us, what we places we played, maybe, uh, uh, maybe a testimonial or two, if you can get it down to a couple sentences from people, but you know, not, not, um, not a lot to read. This thing should not be a lot to read. I like to use a, a legal size sheet. I like to print it on nice glossy paper because it looks like I've invested in it. Um, one of the reasons I do legal is because it's not gonna, um, these get handed to somebody who books people and they get stuffed into a three ring binder. And if mine is legal, it's going to flap out the edges of their three ring binder. And it's going to be like a, in their face a little bit. It's going to kind of annoy them, but in a way that's like, Oh yeah, those guys, it's not going to annoy them enough that they're going to hate me, but it's going to be like, Oh yeah, those guys, uh, um, it's going to keep me top of mind, even though I don't mind being a little irritating top of mind. That's okay. Um, yeah. So it's a marketing piece that you hand out like a business card, hand it out freely. It is your business card. You, maybe you attach a business card to it in case they also have like a file of facts or a yeah, yeah, Rolodex. Rolodex, if you can remember those things. <laughs> but um, uh, but they, they don't. I've never known one who does. But whatever. Yeah, also have a business card. That's okay. But a one sheet is um, it's it's. I have booked gigs for bands that didn't fully exist yet on the strength of a strong one sheet, walk in, hand that over. The bar manager's like, dang, this is, you guys are, wow. You look like a thing. Even yeah. if you're fully not a thing yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's a, that's a good deliverable. It's worth, worth, uh, investing in some pictures of your band standing in front of a brick wall, looking badass. Um, even, even if you don't have any pictures of yourself on a stage yet. And if you yeah. do have great pictures of on stage, on stage, obviously use those. But I, when yeah, I've use done those, this, do not use the brick wall picture. Well, I didn't have any on stage yet. We hadn't been right. on a stage yet, so uh, yeah. we got a great picture of us in front of a it busted down, dirty, industrial looking brick wall, and it looked pretty cool. Um, and my drummer was holding sticks. That's what made it a band picture, right? Right. So the, that everybody knows exactly. exactly. That's the whole yeah, thing. I would say to, to sum that up, the the one sheet is the. Elevate the paper version of an elevator pitch yeah, for your band. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So members only has, you know, the, some of our cooler, you know, promo shots with the, you know, neon effects and whatever. Uh, it's got sample song lists. It's got a couple of the testimonial things. Like we, we got written up in one newspaper as, you know, the nation's premier eighties tribute. Right. And then the, uh, 
the greatest eighties party in Atlanta, courtesy of MTV VJ Mark Goodman, because we paid him to say it. Right. Uh, it's got a list of our clients. You know, if you do private parties, uh, a client list is is very important because it shows that you are capable uh, of doing one of these kinds of events without completely embarrassing yourself or you know make making fools out of the people yeah, in, who booked you. In marketing um, speak, we call that social proof. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, just general contact information and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yep. So yeah, they, not hard to do, but you know worth putting the effort in to do right i will say it's it's startling how few bands actually do that and and how yeah. easy it is to do and how much it sets you apart if you do it yeah and you should also have pdf versions of all of these things totally because sometimes people ask for a one sheet it's it's also kind of a nice way like if you're doing like um if you if you're doing some sort of i, I don't want to say an email carpet bomb but if you're trying to send out uh promo material to a new venue uh, attaching a one sheet is uh, is a good way to do that, you know, along with maybe, you know, a YouTube link to your promo video and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that um, venue folks, um, I think that I, I like, I like that because it feels respectful of their time. Like you're not yeah. going to write five paragraphs in an email and hope that they actually sit there and read it. Um, it's pretty, it's, it's kind of the nuclear marketing attack. Yeah, typically that that ask looks like, "Hi, my name is Adam. I uh, I'm in a band called Members Only. Uh, we're looking to fill some dates in your area uh, next year, and just wanted to kind of say hello. Uh, attached to our one sheet. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out. You know, I may follow up with you in in a week or two to see if you had any you know further inquiries. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's, that has worked many, many times. Yeah. So so it's way better than an email as long as your arm describing, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. There was, I can't remember where it was. It might've been on one of the subreddits where the guy was like, what do you think of our bio? And it was like a full page and every member got, got a paragraph and everyone was like, what are you doing? I think I'm not reading that. Yeah. They were like talking about like, and Steve left the band and was replaced with Bill and Bill left the band and he was replaced with like, no one cares. No one cares. No one knows who you yeah, are. They've the never way, heard of you. Yeah, like, way, you've don't all been tell playing me who's, music. You've all been playing music from a very young age. Do not tell me who is not in this band <laughs> that I don't know anything yeah. about. Yeah. Not important. Not at all. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam was started was, playing music when he was five, but Dan started playing when he was four. Yeah. I, no, no, just don't. I think we, I think we know you know, who, who's been working the hardest. That's right. That's right. So those were the, the big ones. Were there, can you think of any that we haven't discussed that, you know, might be mission critical for, uh, getting out there and doing your thing? Well, you know, you've spent some time talking about contract. Yep. Um, and the, I think the thing, the thing we might just say about that is that there is a great example of one in, um, the Patreon. If, um, Adam's put up his band's booking contract uh, for all of the patrons to just see at the $5 level. And it's worth, worth looking at because there's some stuff in there that I wouldn't have thought of. So, yeah. And um, I am currently working on potentially just selling it like piecemeal. Hmm. So, you know, people who are like, I don't want to be in the Slack channel for some reason, and I just want to buy it straight up. It's crazy. Um, I'm trying to figure out the, 
e-commerce uh, way to do that. There's apparently a way to do it in our existing website, but uh, our podcast host is tied in with our web host and it's very murky on who's to blame for why it's not working. So we'll, you know, hopefully get that sorted out. By the way, if, if in the next few weeks, suddenly the whole podcast seems like it goes dark and flips over and does strange things, it's because we've decided we're finally done with our podcast host and we're yeah, they have <laughs> moving not, to somewhere else. They haven't been, they haven't been super great. I loved them lately. The past few months. Yeah. Anyway, everything else is fine though. Yeah. You guys are great. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is great. So I feel like that covers that. You know, we, we talked about contracts, you know, we could, we could talk about business cards and my overall disdain for them in general. Here's one though. Because no one quite knows what it means, but everyone throws it around like they do know what it means, and it is EPK. EPK, yes. Um, for me, I don't know. An EPK is kind of a one-page website that contains sufficient marketing stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe it has photos in various sizes, so that if anyone was going to need one for print, they could get it. Maybe it's got bios in different lengths, so they could use those in print. <sighs> That's the only thing that dist- distinguishes it from like a pretty nice marketing website, as far as I can tell. Yeah. EPKs exist only for people who request EPKs. Yeah, right. I feel like at some point there was a, a there was an a, there was a time when it was they were trying to make the industry go that way, yeah. and just they couldn't. It just never happened. Yeah, it stands for electronic press kit, and used to be press kits were a, a, a bundle of papers. Yes, physical that. Materials that you, you know, had to like a journalist print and compile. Would, would derive content from to put into articles, right? Yeah. But when it went electronic, there it's there stopped being a point. And but people still ask for them sometimes. So I point to my website. There's my EPK. Get it. Uh, so we have an EPK page on our site, and it basically it's it's a little bit more sophisticated than our like our our Linktree style page, which is more audience focused. Yeah. But it does. It serves a couple of purposes. Um, it would be a place where you would put larger resolution yes. promo images. Yes. It is where you would put uh, l- larger uh, resolution logos. <laughs> so, because a lot of times when you, let's say you get booked for a, um, like a municipal event and they're, they're promoting it on multiple channels, uh, you know, they may want to incorporate your logo into a flyer that they are creating sure. or they're going to put it on their Facebook page or whatever. So, um, that would be a place to, to put those And Yeah. You could be, you could put a PDF up there that w- that has a full bio write up and you would put your one sheet on there and you would put links to, uh, performance footage and promo, you know, promo videos and that kind of thing. But it's basically, it's a non front facing landing page for people to get the resources they would need if they were to book you. Right. And well, and market you. Yes. Good point. Yeah. So I think that's the last one. I think so too. Yeah. So hopefully that was helpful to you guys. If, um, if you listen to all of this and go, well, I already knew all of those things. Congratulations. You are a savvy business person when it comes to marketing your bands. And if you're like, Hey, they didn't mention the, 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 whatever the, the hot, the hot, the hot list. Yeah. I didn't mention the, the, the blamp sheet. They forgot about the, the, the snork list. Email us. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. And you know, one thing that we, we do have to uh, remember is that we are a, a States based, 
you know, show. True. But our audience is very, very diverse. They're from all over the place. That's true. We are consistently charting in Africa. Yeah. Ghana and Senegal specifically. I don't know who is listening over there. If you are listening in Senegal or Ghana, uh, email us. I would love to hear from you. Super want to hear from you. But I would also love to hear from anybody who is in a different country who where where there are certain things that are like boilerplate standard stuff that we didn't mention. Yeah. Because there's got to be some things that are different. These are just the things that we see a lot and 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 you know have to use pretty pretty regularly. Yeah, but if like I was going to stand up a '80s tribute in Finland, like, what would it take? How, what would that take? I don't even know. That would be very interesting. Super interesting. So if there was something that we left off or it's something that is standard in your uh, country of origin, uh, please let us know, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com or drop us a note on the in the Facebook group. That would be fascinating to to learn. So Agreed. And that's that's basically all I got. Yeah, it's a good one. This is a good conversation. It was one of those things that kind of popped in my head. I was literally I was listening to Ben's episode this morning on my uh, on my jog and I was like he just glossed over input lists and stage plot like everybody knows where they are. We should probably, we should probably do, do something with that. that. I need to listen to the Ben episode, the 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 episode. Yeah, it's good. It's 20, 20 minutes. All right. He gave me he gave me like twenty three, and I, I I cut it down just a little bit. I can get Ben twenty three minutes. 20, twenty minutes. Even with even with the bumper, it's just a little over twenty one. Right. So All right. good in. stuff. I'm in. Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we just have had so much fun. Uh, this past year getting to know more you guys personally the slack channel has been like a huge like just massive win for uh for us as a show and uh just building our network and just really stoked at the community that uh has kind of risen up around this uh this podcast it's just it's really phenomenal so uh if you would like to get in on that you could uh you could join patreon at the five dollar tier and hop on or you could do any of the things that our good buddy Adam Moskowitz is about to tell you about. Otherwise, we will go ahead and call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of October 15th, 2021. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes, goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. 
any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Mm.